Connor O'Keefe, welcome to the podcast, man. How are you getting on? Thanks, Shane. I'm good, brother. I'm good. You know, it's, it's funny with you. I feel like you're someone I've probably intended on having on the podcast for a long, long time. But I just wanted it to naturally come about more than kind of hunt you down when you were a you're, you're a pretty busy dude, to say the least. Mm. I mean, you're recording podcasts every few days. You, you have a lot going on. But um, how's life at the moment, man? You keeping well? Uh, yeah, do you know what? No, right? This is uh, one of the biggest uh, changes that I've made to my life is um, I made it a kind of like, a, I suppose it was a New Year's resolution. It was, I'm going to give myself a work day every day for the weekday, yeah. Monday to Friday, I have a work day now and I get up, I do my half eight to kind of half four and in between that, that's my training as well, depending on how long that takes because that's also part of my job in my own estimation. And yeah. so I, when I started doing that, man, things just actually started to just get busier. It was like, um, you know, I always uh, was a, a partial believer in uh, what you put out into the universe is what you attract into your life. Uh, but now I'm a full believer because yeah. like it, literally I just put that work in and it just seemed to draw the right opportunities my way, man. So life has been incredibly busy in the most welcomed way possible. It's unreal, man. You know, I was actually like usually with guests, you know, I prep and I'm thinking, all right, career, you know, working out, training, there's, there's all these areas I try to prep in. But with you, I suppose, I kind of, I went back and I was thinking like, all right, what do I want to talk to Connor about? And, you know, I was contemplating, it's been about a year and a half since I would have started following your journey there, thereabouts, heard you on a podcast, thought this guy's very interesting. And I suppose reflecting on that, it came at a very important time in my life where I was maybe in a very stressful state. My life was going through a lot of changes. And if you asked me around that time, would like, I suppose, not in an insulting way, but would a lanky Ned Flanders who ran around the Lee Fields at 5 a.m. actually impact the way I approach my life? I wouldn't have thought so. But there seems to be, I suppose, a connection you have with people, kind of an authenticity that maybe, I suppose, it just connects with people. And maybe it's the fact that you have this little bit of a, a mad bastard attitude that we all want to tap into at times. Maybe it's that you go against the grain a little bit. But, you know, at that time, I would have felt, I suppose, a little bit trapped in corporate life. I would have had an expectation on myself to succeed in certain areas of my life. And I would have felt very trapped to the obligation of money, of job titles, of feeling like I needed to stay in the rat race in an area I was unhappy in. Mm. And having met you at that time and seeing the perspective you had on your life and the way you'd kind of broken away from that, it came at the perfect time for me to realize, okay, I might, might always work an office job, but I need to reassess the way I'm living my life to make sure that that isn't impacting my happiness. And I suppose pursuing yeah. your passions is a big part of that. And that's why I've kind of gone hell for letter on this podcast the past few months. It's why I've been able to grow things to a massive extent compared to I did the first year and a half of doing it. And it's down yes. to people like you and I suppose people who really just back themselves. But with you, I'm curious, like, you know, people probably think of you as an ultra runner. They think of you as a guy who's, you know, really lives an adventurous life. But one of the things I was curious about with you was obviously, you know, last year you planned to do Project 32 and that was your big focus. And, you know, 32 marathons, 32 days, it would have been a serious feat. And I've, I've no doubt you're going to do that in the future. But the pandemic hit and your life kind of turned upside down. And I suppose the area I wanted to start off on was for you. I feel like the trajectory your life went in because of the pandemic 
severely changed and probably for the better for you. Like mm. from your perspective, do you think you would have taken the same steps in terms of the adventure side of your life or exploring everything that's on your front door had the pandemic never hit? Like, would you have done things the same way and would you be as happy for it? Um, I definitely, I always seek to follow the words that I, you know, like people say, like, follow your own advice. Um, I really took that into mind when when the pandemic pandemic hit. And yeah. I was telling people all the time throughout this whole process to try and find opportunities and setbacks. You know, try and find the opportunity. Try to try and find the bright side of shit situations. And yeah. that's really what I aimed to do in the most vague way possible. There was no like trajectory or goal or you know anything like that in mind it was just I'm going to try and keep living um, and whatever that means to me you know it doesn't really matter what it meant to anybody else only that I wanted to explore other facets of my life as well and um, like yeah everybody knows me as the mad running dude you know what I mean and uh, the dude that you know does all the ultra marathons and run around his patio and all this kind of stuff but um, I just wanted to know more about me i wanted to know more aspects about it and like i went as far as starting a college a master's i went as far as starting a master's because i felt like i wanted to i, I was doing that for the world you know because i thought that, that that was what the world expected of me and the world being like you know my own group of people that were in my life uh, the wider community societal norms i wanted to fit to, to that for for whatever reason I wanted to fit to that societal norm for for no 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 real idea where it came from. And I remember sitting down to the first lecture, first ever day, and shut down the laptop. And I said, "Yeah, I'm dropping out." I was like, "This is not where I'm meant to be. This is not what I'm supposed to do. There's no point in dragging this out and and you know taking a place off of somebody else that would really make the best out of this masters." I felt like what I had to do right then and there, and I was already on the track of, of doing so, was I just had to be true to myself. I couldn't let the thoughts of like what I should be doing or what the world expected me or you know these societal norms of getting educated and getting these jobs, I couldn't let that derail who I was. Um, when, I, when the pandemic hit, it gave me that time to kind of, I suppose, slow down, you know, survey the landscape a bit and see where I actually wanted to go. And I was already there. I was already there. I was already living the life that I wanted to be living. I was like, you know, why do you want to change this from here? I suppose I wanted to see if I could, uh, if I could continue living the way that I wanted to live and also maybe make a career out of it. But that was the order. The order was live the life I want to live. And then just and under that was make a career out of it and make money from it. You know what I'm saying? So, um, and I think that that's the way it's going to stay, you know, for as long as I, as long as I'm doing this, which is hopefully for the rest of my days, um, I will always just try and stay true to Connor, you know, and it's so difficult sometimes, Shane, you know what I mean? It's so difficult when there are no jobs coming in, you know what I mean? There are no speaking jobs coming in. There's no, you know, um, there's no, uh, there's people leaving the Patreon page and stuff like that. And pa- patrons come and go, and I, I appreciate yeah. them, every single one of them, for however long they stay with me, whether they're in it for the long haul or a month or two months. It, it doesn't matter to me, but 
all of these things, they all, they all have to be taken into the consideration of the wider theme of my life, which is let's just be us, just be who we are. And um, that's, that, that's what the, the pandemic really allowed me to see was life is kind of, life is too long. <laughs> life is too long to be doing things that you, you know, that you just don't find any purpose or fulfillment in. Now, look, we all have parts of our life that we don't like. You know what I mean? There's always parts of, there's upkeep of your life, your everyday. It's not highlight real shit. Like, it's not, you know what I mean? You're, you're yeah. cooking your dinners, you're making your bed, you're washing your sheets, you're, you know what I mean? You're, you're doing all these things that are just the everyday. But I'm happy to do it. I'm happy to do it because I'm the, I'm the captain of the ship here. You know what I mean? And I, I kind of, I, I point that where we're going to go and that's where we're going to go, you know? And then, um, it's, a, it's enabled me to have that freedom, to have that freedom to just kind of say, yeah, this is this is what we're going to do and where we're going to go. And that's what led me to like make this move to Ackle Island and all of these other things in my life that I'm just like, why not? You know, why not make a go of it? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's funny one with you. I feel like every time I tune into one of your stories or every time, you know, I, I listen to a podcast, you seem to always be on another daft adventure, another crazy change in life. Like for a guy over the space of a year and a half, like you've taken so many different positive life changes. And I feel like it's great for a guy like you. It's, it's kind of like, I feel like it's a guy people are rooting for because you're, you're, you don't have a want for success necessarily in terms of notoriety. You just want to live a life that's authentic and happy for you. And I feel like that's a very important thing that people need to take from that is that the reason things have come your way and the reason there's been ups and also downs is just because you kept going in the trajectory you wanted to go in like I mean one of the things that stands out to me I remember messaging you during the summer and you were on your mad adventure around Ireland camping all around the place living this life that a lot of us probably haven't been cooked up in our houses for so long we're maybe a little jealous of and maybe a bit like well this guy's just doing it he doesn't need hotels he doesn't need anything he's out in a Skoda he's got a tent He's brushing his teeth and legs. He's, he's living this crazy life. I remember messaging you. I think it, it created this contrast maybe between, I suppose, the life I was living and maybe like the things you were doing and not that there's anything wrong with that. But I remember you were up in Galway and I sent you a message. I said, oh, savage spot. I'd just been in Galway a few weeks before. And I said, you need to hit up this gaff for a savage brunch. And you're yeah. sitting in the back of your car eating beans on toast and noodles and anything you can cook over a fire. I remember you said, Shane, I barely have two pennies to put together to go and buy myself a fancy fucking avocado on toast. And I suppose you don't really have a want for money, do you? And it's 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 crazy one to me because I feel like a lot of us live our lives really stressed out about that stuff for, for such long periods of time. Yeah. But you seem to kind of just go with the flow. So at what point did you kind of check out of that financial stress and that worry? And I'm sure you have the same stress as we all have, but mm. more, you weren't chasing a salary anymore. You were chasing life. At what point did that kind of, that switch flick? I suppose um, most of my fears when I had a lot of money was about the future. You know, it was about, Am I going to be able to buy a house? Uh, where? What's this going to be like in, in such and such a time? Am I going to be able to save enough money because if this happens or whatever the case would be? And when I started to live more in the present day life and just enjoy my day to day, it was like, okay, what do I need from today? I need to eat food. I need to maybe stay warm. And that's really it. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I, I and I, I'm telling you, last night I, I cooked a roast chicken last night, and uh, I had uh, I had some roast potatoes, vegetables, man. Like I was just looking at it on the table, like before I ate it, and I was just like, 
we really don't know, like, you know, really do not actually. And I actually feel I don't even really know how fucking lucky I am, you know, like to just be able to have that. It just, you know, like to be able to have the, the ability to cook up the food, like just in my app, my fingertips and to just like, we literally had to just run down to Super Value. You know, it's, a, it's about a 20 minute drive away to the closest yeah. shop uh, from where we are. But like, just had to run down to Super Value get one or two bits for the dinner and and we were able to eat and it was just like I don't know if I if I you know if if I, as many people stop and think about those things you know if they actually live their lives you know it's it's a weird one to think when I say like when I say live their lives I'm coming from a spot where I was earning five six grand a month um in a job that I really really didn't like and all of that money like most of it was gone. Yeah, I managed to save some, but most of it was gone on stuff I didn't need that I thought I needed to fulfill every other aspect of that life. I needed the clothes and the fancy shoes and I needed to, you know, spend money on fancy dinners and go out for drinks and all of these things. And I'm like, it, it just, the main facet of it was just simplifying everything. As you said there, when you said to me, like, oh, you need to check out this restaurant, I was like, he doesn't know that I have literally 17 euro in my bank account. You know what I'm saying? It was like, yeah. you know, I, I, I had just filled up the car. I knew I had enough food for about four or five days where I was going to be able to transfer money out of, of a seven-day holding account of savings that I had um, that I had saved from when I was in this job. Um, I bought some cars when I actually left the job. That's what I was doing, selling cars. Bought some cars, flipped them for more money. And I was like, okay, this money is what I'm going to use now to get me through these adventures and to get me through to the point where I'm going to be able to top them up with my talks, with my with all of the other things that I'm doing. And that's kind of what I did. And it was just, it was one of those things where um, it was also an exercise in discipline um like I, I do find that I am a very disciplined person, but it was one of those things where I had to really become disciplined because I was not like I would get money into my bank account and there could be a thousand or fifteen hundred euro of it gone in within two days, you know, and that's literally yeah. like you know, it was just thinking about those times. I'm like, wow, you know, if I could put the the minds that I've developed over these two years into that person's life, I'd only work one month a year, <laughs> you know, it was yeah. just, um, it was one of those things where bring it back to the simplicity of life. And um, a lot of people ask me about, do I have worries about the future, about money and things like that? And when people ask those questions, they're usually asking them because they want to know if somebody else is feeling like they are. And the truth is we all generally feel a lot of the same things. You all bought the same ticket to the same boat, like at whatever time in our lives. And so when they ask me those questions, I, I'm really hesitant to say, no, I don't worry about money because I don't worry about them, but I don't want to minimize their own fears. I don't want to, uh, I don't want to, to make what they're feeling or the fears that they have any less than, you know, less important to them. Yeah. So what I, what I would usually say is I have changed, I've changed my perspective on it. I might still have the same fears or whatever the case would be about, you know, will I have money next month? Will I have enough money to go this, that and the other? What happens if the car breaks down? You know, all of these different things, but I, I generally simplify it to the day to day. What do I need today? You know what? I, I, I have, a, I've got a, 
I've got a bit of fruit here next to me uh, on the on the table and things like that, right? And all of these things are constant reminders to me that, you know, I have what I need um, yeah. plus more. You know what I mean? I have more than what I need. And most of us do. Sometimes I couldn't see it for an awful long time. I could not see that what I have in my life is actually just the simple things are, are be- the simple things are the most important things. They're yeah, like, I think they are the, the, the big things. 100%, yeah. man. I mean, with a guy like you, like I, I've met your parents at TFS and, you know, two of the most nice, salt of the earth people who actually took a lot of time to talk to a stranger. Like I, I didn't know a lot of people when I came to TFS the first few times. Mm. And it was actually like your mum and dad were two of the people who actually were coming up chatting to me loads. And it kind of it gives me the measure of the type of guy you are when you meet your parents and you realise wow these people are just unbelievably sound but also you can see where you get the maybe outgoing aspect of you and mm. one thing i'm curious about is people obviously they, they want their children to succeed they want their children to have safety security and you've obviously gone through a lot of changes in your life in the past year and a half and like how have your parents kind of felt about that and how have you been in terms of dealing with them and letting them know look you're all right and you know things are Things are going well. They're just on a different path. Maybe to maybe to your siblings, maybe to other family members. You know, how did that go for them and you? Um, to be honest with you, I can't even say for a minute that they didn't support me. They supported me every single step of the way. They they had seen me in the worst of times. You know, when I was uh, when I was probably in everybody else's eyes, my age, really successful. I, I felt absolutely worthless. I, and and it, it would be sometimes hard for other people to see that I was feeling like that. Because I, I, I was always so kind of, I suppose, outgoing, gregarious, John, always up for the laugh and the crack that people yeah. would just kind of say, Connor just floats around the gaff like, you know what I mean? He doesn't have a care in the world. But they saw, the, I suppose, the real side to me. So when they realized that what I was doing was something that was going to like change my life, like it wasn't, just uh, six or seven months where I was going to be good or eight and nine months where I was going to be, you know, on this trajectory, but it was actually a complete lifestyle change. I, I, I said to them, like, at the start, I said, guys, like, you give me the time. And, and this is the thing, like, honest communication with my parents has been something that I valued, like, so so much from, from my entire life. And um, there's never been, like, something that was taken off the table. We could always discuss anything. And I said to them very early on in this lifestyle change, I was saying, like, guys, you give me the time to, to, to explore what I want from life. You'll never have a worry about me again in your entire lives. You know what I'm saying? It was like I was making a deal with the future them. You know, I was like, and, and future Connor as well. I was like, I'm going to put this effort in and I'm going to need support and I'm going to need help. And they just literally just they stepped up to the plate like and they just showed how like astoundingly supportive they they were because they weren't on to me like connor you need to get a job no they'll they'll be the first uh, people to tell you i'm a very i was very i'd be very shy to take handouts financially but and and i i always try to stand on my own two feet in that way but what they gave me was far far more than financial support i could never pay back the emotional, mental support that they gave me during that time. And I think it was because we really laid out, like, 
both sides of it at the very, very early stages. If anybody does you know, want to make those life changes and they have a partner or they have a, a parents or friends that they're very, very close or roommates or whatever the case may be, and they want to lay out, look, I'm going to do this and I want to change my life. It's very important to openly communicate that with people and get everybody's perspective on it as well and say, look, here, you know, I'm going to need this time. And I could never repay them for that. Never repay them for that. But what they see it as, and this is the way that they see it is, I'm already repaying it right now. I'm repaying it right now by living the life that, I, you know, that I'm living right now. Um, and that's all they ever wanted from me. They never wanted a, a penny from me. They never wanted me to, to do anything for them you know, or favors or anything. They never wanted it. All they wanted was happiness for their son. And um, it was, a, it was, a, it was a, a long time coming, but it's here. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's, what, uh, that's what they got out of the deal. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I feel like that's that's a very honest answer. I feel it's also very interesting that you were able to have that upfront conversation and maybe a lot of people wouldn't feel comfortable enough to approach their their parents with that kind of, I suppose, much realness and honesty about how they're really feeling about their lives. But it is important. Now, the people you spend time with in life, I feel like are key. And one of the things I've assessed over the past year, if nothing else, is probably making sure I'm spending time with the people who make me happy and the people who... I suppose, add value and happiness to my life. And, the, you know, that's something that's important to me. So talk to me a little bit about your circle, because I'd imagine when you make that many life changes, you keep on to a lot of people, but there might be some people who might fall off there. And I'm curious about, you seem to have attracted a lot of people into your life in the past year for the better. And your circle mm. seems quite close, quite small. And I suppose in general, you know, quite beneficial to your life. So talk to me a little bit about how you circumnavigate these relationships. Yeah, like my circle has always been quite tight. And um, like from, from a young age, like, um, you know, to be honest with you, I found it quite hard as a young fella to fit in. Uh, I was such a this high energy kid, but like there was no guidance for the energy. It was just everywhere, you know. And so I was probably just hyperactive and um, it didn't lend itself to being part of the it crowd or whatever, you know? So I found it, I found it a struggle to fit in for most of my young life. Um, so I did have like my close knit buddies um, as a young fella, like, you know, um, and if that kind of followed me through my life, uh, even, you know, there was this time in my life that I've kind of dubbed the wilderness years really, where I'm just like, I was constantly partying and out and part of the nightlife scene and, and, being a socialite really like you know just uh being part of a scene or whatever the case would be a bar scene or or a club scene and so many people come in and out of your life at that time um when you're in th that type of a circle and i just realized that you know that's just not that's not the way that uh you you develop um you develop a circle of people that's not how you develop a a, a trustworthy circle what you do is you find counterpoints in your life where people will intersect with you. So when I started, you know, when I started running, when I started doing the TFS five at fives, when I started getting interested in coffee, when I started going uh, mountaineering, when I started doing all of these things, I realized that I love those aspects of my life and I would meet people that were also interested in that. And, and like, Probably the closest person in my circle now is my girlfriend, who's, you know, she's an, a mountaineer 
she runs a company that take um, women out into the mountains, women and girls out of the mountains and run events um, specifically tailored for, I suppose, the minority of the outdoor world, which is which is women. And so, like, when I when you put yourself in the situation, when you put yourself and you give yourself that opportunity to meet the right people, that's the thing. Um, I gave myself that opportunity by putting myself out there into different situations. I met, I met, I met my girlfriend Mel at a swim race with the happy pair. Yeah. So it was like, you know, if you put yourself into those kind of positive situations, you find positive people. And there wasn't so many people that fell off, but what did happen was at the first six or seven or even six, seven months or even to a year of, of my change, I think, it, my, my, my really close friends wanted to see if this was actually going to stay on. If this is like, you know, if this was my life now, or it was just a year fad and I was going to go back to drinking and smoking and doing all the things that I was doing. And when they realized that, okay, this is, this is Connor, this is Connor's life. now. this is, this. they made the choice whether they wanted to be in it or not. And basically all of them decided they wanted to be in it. So I just, they just, we've just changed the way that we interact now. We just changed the way we socialize, changed the way we get on. Still the same crack, still the same banter, still the same jokes, but it's just in different settings, different atmospheres. And you know what the best thing about it is, is I feel that in very, very small way, I may have had some beneficial um, impact on their lives and they have definitely had a, had a beneficial impact on my life. So um, yeah, if people are going to make those changes, like, Definitely expect that, look, there's going to be rocks and bumps in the road between the people that you know, but the real people that are like very, very connected to you will make the right choice. And never close the door on anybody and never leave a door too wide open either. Don't let yourself get walked all over, but don't close the door on anybody either, you know, um, because when people do make changes like that in life, you're not only changing yourself, you're changing how other people view you. So you might need to give them time to adjust to that. Um, and when you do and they come back around, you'll get a, you'll get a new wonderful relationship to unwrap. Um, and it's, it's really, really wonderful. Like even my best friend who was like primarily a drinking buddy of mine now is like ringing me now saying, I just beat my 5K PB there last night by, oh my God, it was class. And he's, he's like telling me what he's eating and all of these different things. And it's just like, it's just wonderful. And I hear it in his voice when he's talking across the phone to me. It's like, he's like talking from, he's not talking from here. He's talking from here. And he's just, I can feel it through the phone to him. And I'm just like, yeah, you know, when we do surround ourselves with positive people, we rub off each other and that creates like some marvelous things. It's quite cool, yeah, in fairness. Like, I feel like the people you keep in your life and, and the people you surround yourself with have such a positive, beneficial impact on you. You wouldn't even realize it at times. Now, mm. one of the things I'm also curious about, man, is you touched on there, your relationship. And um, obviously the fact that that kind of cropped up out of nowhere in terms of me being someone on the peripheral of your life. I remember mm. hearing you on a podcast a few months ago and you were like, Oh, um, you're saying, oh, I'm at the starting point of relationship. Not too sure how it's going to go. And next thing, fast forward, you're living on Ackle Island in a cottage with this girl mid pandemic lockdown. And you just seem to be loving life. And it, it's, it's nice to see someone happy. It's nice to see someone find 
I suppose, a person who really has the same values as them and enjoys the same hobbies. But I mean, how's that actually going for you, man? Like, I mean, it's a big change and it's a big step early in a relationship to take that jump. So what made you so confident in taking that leap? Man, I don't know if it was confidence at all. Um, I think it was just one of those things where, like, hmm, I I had written a script for myself, like I talk about in my uh, in my podcast. I'd written a script for myself that I wasn't a relationships person. You know, I wasn't a person that was you know far relationships because I just liked having my own independence. I liked having you know the ability to just head off and do whatever I wanted or whatever the case be, and just never have that uh, person to be thinking about. I started to kind of when I started that trip around Ireland that we were talking about. I started to really think about my. Uh, about my life and started to think about that particular script of being a relationships person and I was kind of calling myself out of my own bullshit because it was bullshit and I was uh, I was in a position in my life where I was very very comfortable with myself and so I knew that any past relationships that I had had before I wasn't really in the position to be in them because I wasn't in the position to work at them I wasn't in a position to actually put effort into it like relationships are effort and by effort it means that like when adversity or roadblocks come up that you don't just go no I'm done I'm finished I I, you know I'm just going to quit to actually step back and say okay this could be a beautiful masterpiece but if we're going to be if we're going to be you know nitpicking over every little drop of paint that falls you know where we don't want it to fall we're never going to see it to the end. We're never going to see that picture. We're never going to be able to step back and look at our piece of work. So uh, another aspect of the, the pandemic made me realize that like, there's not much time to waste. You know what I'm saying? There's not really, I don't, I don't think that there's as much time to waste. I think that, you know, people say, geez, we've loads of time to waste and loads of time to burn, but no, the world is in such a state of flux right now at the moment. I just, I, when, you, when I got something good and I saw something good, I just did what I do with every single aspect of my life when it comes to mountaineering or running or whatever. I just go all fucking in. And um, I just, I, I quick, quite uh, soon into the relationship with Mel, we were actually on another trip around Ireland. I was, I was, we went up through the Galtee Mountains. I got to show her the Galtees, which is like my local stomping ground. Um, it's like my local mountain range that I'm always up in. So it's beautiful to bring her up there. And on that trip, we went to Ackle Island. And while we were on Ackle, we just realized how beautiful it was. It was like, I, we actually looked at each other in the car and I said, I said, this island was like, it was made for us. Unbelievable spots for dipping, great places for hikes, just wonderful place to be. And so um, while we were on the island, we got the news that there were going to be lockdown number three. And I said, Mel, we're going to live in here. So like whatever we have to do to make that happen, just, you know, start doing what you do. Cause she's very, very good at organizing things, very good at getting things together, which I wouldn't be as good at, which is, you know, you know, we, we definitely um, work together in that kind of a way. I'm great for the ideas and the mad kind of, you know, yeah, let's do this and that. But she's really the one that like puts them on paper and gets them set out. And we just, we found ourselves living here then like literally a week later, Less than a week later, we, we, made, we, we made the agreement on Christmas Eve and we were living here on the 27th of December. So it was one of those things where I think we both 
tapped into that adventurous side in ourselves and all of the possible downfalls were really just swallowed up by this overall feeling that this was going to be something great and it is and it was and like it's such a new relationship to take that risk to be 24 hours a day you know living inside in each other's pockets like you know it, it definitely was a risk but it's given us the opportunity to grow as human beings to grow in the relationship and to really just explore another facet of life it is work 100 it's work and if you like i i was bringing my own uh issues and my own insecurities and things like that into the relationship and so was she and what i thought was a complete project connor o'keefe complete project he's finished he's done you know he's comfortable with himself and all that kind of stuff was given a really big chin check and was like actually said hold up a second now there's actually a lot more work here to do and you know this is this is one of the big steps that you're going to have to make if you if you if you want to be uh, a person that is I suppose complete in a way and um, content not that I needed another person to be complete but I I have found the right person that draws the other side out, out of me makes me question myself you know it makes me question about okay you know how do you really feel about this what is this you know how is this sitting with us and it's given me a lot of time to really wrestle with my ego as well um but it's been totally welcomed in the overall blanket of just yeah just really just loving the time um but yeah it all started with taking a couple of risks and risks of failure risks of you know shit going hitting the fan and um thankfully it hasn't and it's given us a great opportunity that's awesome man honestly that that really is it, it, it's a funny one with you because you live a lot of your life on social media you live a lot of your life letting us all know what's going on be it through your writing through your podcast through your instagram stories and you're you have a diverse amount of interests i would say mm. between like gangster rap the simpsons running like just absolute adventure like you, you definitely have so much going on that when you tune into your story or tune into one of your podcasts you're never really too sure where it's going to go but in terms of the amount of your life you lay out to other people mm. do you ever feel like you need to hold stuff back or do you ever feel like you know maybe this is something that's just for me like do you ever have those points in life now because i feel like as your audience grows and as as all of, I suppose, your general life changes in that direction, you know, there's going to be a huge amount of people who think they know you and there's going to be a huge amount of people who actually do know you. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder, for a guy who lives his life very publicly and obviously has a very interesting life at the same time, is there if, is there ever stuff you just want to keep just for you? Absolutely. Like, the thing is, when, when you're talking about, I do share my life on, on Instagram or whatever, it's usually 10, 15 second slots. You know, like there's a lot more day there, you know, than, than those slots. Uh, I share my life and I share parts and parcels of my run or I share parts and parcels of when dogs call up to the door or anything like, you know, like little snippets of my life. There's lots of stuff that I keep just for me. And uh, like, the, like myself and Mel have both realized that leaving the phone at home and uh, being able to disconnect from that aspect of life has just been astounding you know even this morning neither of us touched the phone for uh, for a good long time and that's why nearly you know that's why the the lines got crossed for the podcast and it was just one of those things where um 
realizing that um, that and I realized that in May of 2020 um, after the patio run, I opened up my phone. I had about 350 direct messages um, and about 90 or so requests, message requests. I had loads of comments and likes on posts and all these things. And I realized, you know, I was just being swallowed up by my own, by what I was putting out there. And so I made a kind of a con- conscious effort from there and I fall out of it sometimes. Sometimes I completely get engulfed in the phone and my eyes are burned out of my skull from watching it. You know, I'm just like anybody else. But I realized that, yeah, I have to be compassionate with myself when that does happen and kind of try to bring myself back into living my own life. But there's a lot of aspects of my life that are just, they're for me, like they're for me and, and, and that's it. And um, I think that's very important for us to realize. Um, there's two two things that I would say about my interactions online and my, and what I put out there is one, it's me. You meet me. It's, it's not like, Oh, I was expecting something different. No, because of his Instagram, you meet me on me. And that's that. And I'm, I'm authentic and I'm straight up honest about my shortcomings, about my downfalls, about my flaws and about my virtues. You know what I'm saying? And that's something that's really been like, a card that I hold close to my chest. That's something that I really feel is like part of me. That's part of who I am. And the second aspect is I've really um, allowed myself to, to really just enjoy my own life and that I don't have to, I don't feel like I have to share every single aspect um, with people, you know? Um, and it's, it's, it's something that's, you know, when you talk about um, developing an online presence or, or a social media presence or um, getting yourself into the position where you are able to, um, you're able to, um, what can I say? You're able to, I suppose, make money from, from what you're doing in terms of getting yourself out there. It's tough sometimes. It is tough sometimes to disconnect from that, but I really realized, especially this year, since the start of the year, that my online presence is both pri- is both professional and private life, and I and I have to keep those separate. You know, I have to yeah. identify what parts of my life are. You know, I was messing around with filters yesterday on on my story, and that was my private life. You know what I'm saying? That's not. And then I'm I'm talking about the podcast, and I'm talking about my running, and I'm talking about those kind of aspects of life. That's my professional sphere. And I realize that and I've separated the two and I enjoy both uh, equally. But I think, our, I think especially with the way that uh, business is being run now these days with all the Zoom calls and WhatsApp groups for work and all that kind of stuff, those lines are getting blurred, more and more blurred every day, you know, and it's time, it's, it's, it's a real time for us to take our lives into our own hands, take our lives back, whether that's setting the laptop fucking down, just closing it down for 20 minutes, making yourself a cup of tea and walking out into the garden, having a couple of sips of tea, no phone, no nothing. And then coming back into work. And actually, you know, that was my time now. That was my private time. That was, that's part of me. That's Connor. That's Connor's time or that's Shane's time. And that's Shane. Now I can get back into being, you know, you know, the public speaker or back into the office job. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. Um, it's very important for us to do that, man. We have to stick the flag into the ground of our own lives because it can get stolen from you, from the external, whether that's your uh, gym commitments, your career, your relationships, whatever. We have to be able to stick our own flag in the ground and say, 
this is my fucking life and I'm not going to fucking take, you know, no one's going to take that away from me. And um, those little aspects of just getting up, making that cup of tea or going outside and walking up and down the road one time and just having that time to yourself, that's just taking back that bit of freedom, taking back that bit of um, anonymity, you know? Yeah. It's, it's very interesting the way you, you approach things in that manner. You know, you, you just seem, I don't know what's the best way to put it, you seem like a very educated guy. You seem like a guy who has his, his head screwed on right and you're you're very good at talking. You're very good at, I suppose, putting out the message you want to put out. And I mm. find that very interesting. But from your perspective, like, has that always been the way you've been? Like, were you a guy who was... You don't seem like a guy who was mad into school, but at the same mm. time, you seem like a guy who's well-read. And, like, when you're, when you're describing, like, those aspects of your life there, the business side, the social media side, you navigate quite a lot in, in a very professional manner. And you, you, you carry yourself really well. But I'm curious in terms of where do you think that comes from? Oh, man, lots of different places. It's mad. Like, I wasn't a schooly person at all. You're dead right about that. I actually discovered really late in my schooling career. Um, I was actually in sixth year when I realized, OK, you're, you're actually you have a brain. Let's use it and let's actually focus on something. And it really actually, I started to sharpen my tools of being able to concentrate on certain things when I was in sixth year. Uh, that didn't come to fruition and I didn't get the leave insert that I wanted. So I ended up repeating my leave insert. So what that has, that taught me about my, um, I suppose my ability is I've got that stick to I've got that discipline. I have that when everybody else that was repeating that year was constantly talking about, oh, I can't believe I'm here this year again and all this kind of stuff. I was like, at least we fucking get a second shot. Like, do you know what I mean? You know, not, not many fucking people get fucking one shot. You know what I mean? And they're living in the same city as us. You know, they get pulled out of school because of their socioeconomic um, issues. They get pulled out of school because of their what their family life is like. You know, they leave school for whatever different reason. We're getting a second fucking shot at it. And I just took it with both hands. And so then I kind of actually really fell in love with learning. I actually fell in love with learning and finding out new things. And it was really interesting. I was still a bollocks in school, absolutely. Like I was still a class clown, still cracking jokes all the time. Just wanted to, you know, I wanted to be accepted and I wanted to fit in. So how I did that was through the, the hammer and chisel of humor and trying to, you know, carve out my own part of life. And I came from being like, um, I suppose, one of the, you know, um, one of the in-betweeners in my first school and um, going to be one, you know, the feckin' funny guy of this of this next school, and trying to balance those two things, I realized that like um, I was I was one learning to learn, and two I was learning how to how to socialize. You know, I was learning actually how to uh, how and how to balance the two, and. I always, I, when, I, when I finished up my second round, my second uh, time, I ended up doing a law degree in UCC. That also, like, I was just, like, people say nerd now to make it, to make them kind of sound a bit cool or whatever. Like, it's like, oh yeah, I'm such a nerd. I do all these blah, blah, watch all these documentaries and stuff. And I'm just like, no, you're not. You're just interested in that. Like, you know what I mean? But like, no, I wasn't a nerd. I was just somebody who just actually really loved just getting into the library and fucking read books. I loved it. Like I loved finding out new things about the law and 
I, I found out fairly quickly when I was in my law degree that I was never going to actually be a lawyer. I didn't want to be a solicitor. I didn't, just never thought of it as well. And, and I had even like written a script for myself in the middle. I was like, oh, I'm going to be a barrister and this and that. And I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be able to feckin, you know, become the best um, litigator you've ever seen in the country and all this kind of stuff. And then I just kind of quickly faded out because I didn't really want to do that. And when I was in, uh, when I was studying law, it gave me the opportunity as well to, to orate, to, to be a speaker and um, to say my, whether it was moot court or whether it was, um, whether it was like college projects that we had to get up and talk about, just loved it, man. Um, and what, what I attribute my ability to actually talk and to, um, to, to be, I suppose, in some ways eloquent is, you mentioned it earlier, my, my, uh, my affinity for hip hop. Um, I know about 500 hip hop songs like off my heart start to finish and I've and because I found such solace in music as a kid when I was really confused and I was just I didn't know whether I fit in I didn't know if I belonged anywhere hip hop was always there to just go boom okay just plug out for a second listen to these to these tunes and from learning all of those um, those songs and those and the aspects of those different songs I was able to uh, I suppose it gave me a, a somewhat of an education in linguistics, and uh, that's why I, I suppose, like in hip hop and in 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 good rap music, a lot of the common veins of that is delivery. So the way people actually say something, not what they say, but it's their delivery, it's their flow, it's their cadence, it's the way that they communicate a message. Biggie Smalls was an unbelievable lyricist and his lyrics were fantastic, but it was his flow, his delivery. Those are the things that I focused on when I was a, a kid listening to, these, to this music. So when I was in moot court and I was like up against another student of mine, yeah, I might not be saying, you know, the, the, what he was saying or what, you know, what was the best message to get across. But the way I was saying it, made you feel like I believed every word that I was saying. And when I finished up college, I think that really just followed me through. And I didn't really have a, um, a fear of, of how people were going to, I saw it as an opportunity to, to sharpen that tool. You know what I'm saying? And uh, yeah. it, it, you know, I, I always had a, uh, and I'm still going to do it at one point in time in my life it, when, you know, I, I, I'm always open to opening new doors and I'm definitely going to try acting because it's one of those things that uh, has just always been so, um, uh, it, it's been so, it's been, I suppose, elusive in my life because I've never really given myself an opportunity to sit down and hone the craft. But um, it's always had a pull for me, you know, and, I, and I'll never I'll never close the door on anything. Quite cool, man. I feel like that would be quite an adventure. Mm. I think definitely I, I feel like you do have the personality for that. And also, I like the fact that you're you're not just limiting yourself. You're not limiting yourself to one aspect of life. You're not saying, look, I'm the runner guy. You're kind of leaving yourself open to so much opportunity. And I feel like that's important, especially like we have we have the time now to be able to take account of our lives where we are just kind of stuck in Ireland, we are kind of stuck in the Shire as such, and where you know we don't have a lot of places to go. But yeah. when we do get the release, when we do get through this and it's all done, wh where are you off to? Like, are you and Mel making plans? Are you thinking what sort of places we want to see? What sort of, be it in business or life, what sort of adventures you want to take? Or are you just living life in the present at the moment? I, I'd be very curious about that. 
uh, we all we we bop it, we bop uh, in and out of the the future and and uh, the present. But like ninety percent of the time, we're just living the day that's in front of us. To be honest with you, yeah, like we might see a picture, of, you know, a nice picture of somewhere, you know, halfway across the world, and go or Mount Fuji or something like that was on a movie the other night, and we said, oh, I'd love to. We're going to go over there now, and we're going to climb that together, and all of these things. Yeah, it's, of course, part and parcel of I suppose sharing a life with somebody and being in love with somebody is sharing those aspects, you know, with them. So, uh, yeah, uh, but we're definitely just in the day to day. We're just taking what we can out of the day. What when I suppose we've been we've been very very um, fortunate that. We have been able to um, we've been able to craft a life for ourselves that's really enjoyable to live, and that is that we are we are after making a decision to go out into Ackle Island and to surround ourselves with these new surroundings. But there's one there's there's two parts to that. There's two parts to creating that. There's one is creating the opportunity, and the second one is taking that opportunity, and that is completely different. Because I know that there are many, many people that would say, oh, geez, I'm delighted to, I would be delighted to be on this island or whatever the case may be, but they might live their lives just between the house and the shop and never, you know, go up to Manon Cliffs when it's snowing or go into, try and dip in every single beach that's on the island and all of these different things. You have to take, you have to take advantage of opportunities in your life what I realized is that we had our, we have opportunities to do so much. We, we just often, oftentimes we don't see it, you know, we're, we don't, we're not in the position to see the opportunities that we've been given. And um, if one positive has come out of this lockdown is it's given the, it's given the opportunity to be really present for me. Um, yeah. You know, cause I know that with, with what's going on right now, Shane, it's very, very easy for us to be, like living somewhere between the past, present, and the future. And so like, we're thinking about the good times, you know, oh, I remember, remember summer 2019 and we went and we did this and that and all this. And, you know, I remember pre-COVID when we go out and we could just meet up and have dinner and blah, blah. And then we're living in the present because, oh, we have to get this meeting done or these emails done or whatever. But when we're not in the, you know, what's needed for that day. We, we'll, we'll shoot forward to the future there now for a bit and we'll go, oh, this, this vaccine now might take a hold. We might see the place open up a bit more as it comes into April and, geez, the summer, what's going to be the summer and all this kind of stuff. And what I've, what I've learned from, from those blending of those three tenses is that we have to live today. We can't like the past and the future actually does not exist. It exists only within our mind. We have to live today. There's no escaping what's right in front of us. The next 12 hours or whatever, when we wake up is that day. And it's fucking hard sometimes to be there. You know, it's hard to be there. Sometimes it can be a bit of a, like, cause it, it does force us as well to be, to look inside and, a lot of people might not be ready for that. I'm not ready for that sometimes when certain aspects of my life come up. I'm constantly, I'm constantly searching inside. I'm constantly looking inside. And that's like every run is an opportunity for me to look inside. Every time I go for a dip in the ocean, like I feel that cold water embrace me is a, is a chance for me to look inside. If we see this as an opportunity for us to grow 
ourselves, not not and not for any other aspect other than to grow ourselves. Doesn't matter about careers. Doesn't matter about you know buying that house or getting that new car or whatever the case may be. Just let's just use this as an opportunity to grow ourselves and see where that brings us. And yeah, so I've been trying to live my present day. And it's not all highlight real shit, like you know what I mean. It's not. It's not a. It's not. Not all of it makes it onto the Instagram stories. <laughs> you know, I, I, I haven't made an Instagram story yet. Um, you know, fucking making the bed. You know, <laughs> yeah. Or you know, whatever the case may be. It's life is life, man. And like, and you know, I can put. I, I know that there's probably you know individuals that are looking at the Instagram story and saying, Jesus, he's got a fucking great life. And it's like, yeah, you have to. You have to. You have to create the opportunity to have this these great things. And you know, man, I, I completely agree. Uh I feel like to be honest, it would be an injustice this podcast not to leave it on such a positive note like that. I feel like people are gonna take a lot from that sentiment you've just put out there. Uh now look, I, I'm sure most people listening will probably know you anyway, but where can people find you, man? Uh if they're looking to, you know, whether it's tune into podcast, find you on Instagram hear the history of, of rap music through Connor O'Keefe's mouth. Where can they yeah. find you? Um, at C O'Keefe, C O K E E F F E on Instagram. That's kind of the, that's the headquarters, I suppose, for, for everything. Like, you know what I mean? For the podcast, for everything that I do. So um, yeah. Um, if at C O'Keefe on Instagram and the podcast is called flip the script and um, it's available on Spotify, Apple podcast, Google podcast, everywhere you get your podcasts. Um, and yeah, we're, I'm on the, I'm going to be releasing the 11th episode in a few days time. And, uh, yeah, it's just been, it's just been rolling and I have a Patreon page as well, www.patreon.com forward slash flip the script with C O'Keefe. And if people want to check that out, I do post up, um, uh, different, uh, written articles and I actually have some, um, videos coming out as well, just about my own warm up from my runs um, what way I, you know, I suppose structure my mornings, um, you know, especially when it's a morning where I'm going to be exercising and things like that. Lots of instructional videos and stuff like that that are coming out. So, yeah, it's going to be a good time. Amazing, man. Look, thanks so much for the chat. Appreciate it's it. Shame, appreciate it.